This episode of Homeschooling in Real Life is brought to you by Caroline's Coffee, hand-roasted coffee from the foothills of California's gold country. Online at carolinescoffee.com. Welcome to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. Join your hosts as they dive into difficult topics that you might not find covered at your local homeschooling convention. Veteran homeschooling parents Andy and Kendra Fletcher use humor, honesty, and grace to discuss just what it looks like to homeschool in real life. Hey, this is Fletch. And this is Kendra. We want to welcome you to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. This is episode 140. Love, honor, and virtue. Yes. Wow, sounds so noble. I know. It sounds very much like Hal and Melanie Young. <laughs> yeah. Which is funny because that's who we're interviewing about their new book, Love, Honor, and Virtue. Yes. And so you and I were driving someplace and you said, oh, you've got to listen to this. Oh, I know where we no, were. No, we were coming we're, back from Arizona. That's right. And you were listening to this their podcast. Yeah. And you said, Kendra, we've got to have them on. Yeah. So you know, they're, they're on the network, Hal and Melanie. They're on the yep. Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network, which we're a part of. And I love their podcast. Their podcast is Making Biblical Family Life Practical. And uh, that's a mouthful of words. But these guys do a great job of talking about just living the biblical family life Mm -hmm. without being all squirrely. You know, homeschool squirrely. You know what I mean? (laughs) They're very, very real. And, you know, this I see this term. Have you seen the term real life bantied about a lot lately? I'm seeing it online a lot like, you know, oh, real this and real that. And and what does that mean? It just Uh means what? What? I think we started this whole gig. (laughs) I don't know (laughs) that we started it. But um, but I think what that means is just people living in just a a genuine. This is how we are. Look, these are our words. Look, these are where love authenticity. God has changed our hearts. This is where God has, you know, um, since your book came out, I love that you're so transparent. Oh, people I are love that you're that. so yeah, authentic. Yeah. They love it. You know what yes, they love? They love real that. people. I think we're craving that because we're such a heavily advertised to um, society. Yeah. And so we, we are, you know, our meter goes up that, that homeschool is even meter. worse. You know, right. this is how you behave. Yeah. We had someone this week who emailed us and said, do you know about this homeschool leader? And we said, yeah. yeah, we know about them. I think they're phony baloney. Yeah, and, and it is all this like, this is what it looks like, or this is how it should look like. In whose home does it look like that? Ridiculous. Right, exactly. Ridiculous. So that, that is what I think of when I think of Hal and Melanie. I think of, not, not that, sorry. No. I, I think, think of, of the, real life when I think hey, of this them. This is what it's like to raise, what, six boys? Or yeah. six kids? I think yeah, yeah. six kids. No, no, eight kids. Eight six kids, boys. six boys. And I will bump into Melanie at a homeschool convention where we're both speaking. And I mean, flop down with that gal on a couch, like, and just talk about what we're seeing, um, how people are just craving, craving honesty. Yeah. And and that that that's the number one thing we'll we'll all hear from from our listeners or from people who come to hear something we're talking about. You know, I mean I'm talking about nothing deep people, you know, <laughs> just yeah. like organizing your homeschool or whatever. But people just want to hear the reality of it. Like I made a joke in a recent interview that's gonna be coming up on the podcast about us eating frozen pizza a lot. We don't eat it every night, but you know what? When it's served, 
hey, that's the reality. It's been a crazy day trying to fit everything in and doing everything we're doing. Eat Guys, the pizza. we're having frozen pizza for yeah. dinner. Let, let's just talk about the reality of that. Um, and no, I didn't bake the crust from scratch, you know, yeah. and I will when I want to, but gluten-free, <laughs> not please. The, that's not the reality. Yeah. So this is what I think people are craving. And this is why we wanted Helen Melanie on or why we love to have them on because they can talk an honest homeschool life um, and just point others to Jesus as much as we love to do that. Yeah, I remember a year ago we were at the Indiana Indiana Air, um, Association of Home Educators. Yes. We did a pre like a pre uh, conference session with mm-hmm. Hal and Melanie, and <laughs> they they came up and did intimacy and marriage, which you know, hello <laughs> homeschoolers, Indiana homeschoolers. I mean, you were like. That's like the the bread and butter the of the bread and butter yep. conservative belt of homeschooling. Yep, and they're doing a topic on intimacy. Sex, just Are say you it. kidding me? Yeah, that's like the kind of stuff we do. That's the crazy <laughs> kind of stuff we'll jump in and talk about. Well, and that's the real life stuff that people are saying. Please throw me a lifeline here. You know, so um, no, they're the real deal. They are the real deal. So we're gonna just go into this interview. Um, here's the deal: we recorded. It was we had some really difficult time with audio so you're gonna have to listen extra hard Mm. on this one yeah um we just had some crazy technology aspects between the two computers people were talking we're talking to space okay (laughs) we're we're going to space with these (laughs) skype interviews so yeah a lot of grace and mercy on this one for me i try and put together great audio shows for you so Hang in there because um, the content is fantastic. Yeah, really and, um, good. Yeah, we'll be back after we talk to them. Kendra, I noticed you're drinking Caroline's coffee over there. You are so full of baloney, no, dude. I'm the Caroline's coffee guy. You are, and, and you're uh, full of Caroline's coffee, actually. <laughs> I, I am because uh, I... I I use the discount, 10% off if you use H-I-R-L when you go to carolinescoffee.com. They are our coffee sponsors. And folks, if you haven't tried them yet, you need to. I talk about them every week, but you need to get over there. carolinescoffee.com. If you don't like coffee, you can get something else off their website. The gig is this. You use our code, you get 10% off. It's killer. By going there, they know we sent you if you use that code. If you use that code, they know they should keep sponsoring us. If they keep sponsoring us, we keep doing great shows for you. That's how it works, people. Simple homeschool math and economics. Boom, baby. All right. We are very excited to be on the phone with Hal and Melanie Young. We have had these guys on the show in the past, and we are very welcome. We're very excited to have you guys back. Welcome to Homeschooling in Real Life, Hal and Melanie. Hello, Fletch and Kendra. It's great to be back. It sure is. Now, we are all gathered together. This is an early Saturday morning for Fletch and Kendra down at the studio. Um, but we wanted to get on the phone with you guys. Kendra, you there? I'm here. Okay, there you are. I just know, making it's sure. quiet over here. It's early. <laughs> it's just, you're knitting. So there's not a lot of noise with knitting. That's a good thing. Keeps me astute. Okay, if you remember, and uh, we were driving back from uh, a road trip, and I'm in the car, and you're listening on your headphones, as you often do, and I'm driving, listening to podcasts, <laughs> and I was listening to the Young's podcasts, and they were talking about, uh, I forget if it was like good boy and girl relationships, or just some basics, and then you guys got into the discussion of the biblical, uh, the good biblical concept of dating, and you gave all these great examples of like, um, where the Bible just gives crazy examples of how a relationship should start. 
uh, and I was laughing out loud. And then you guys mentioned this new book you're writing. And I'm waving my hands trying to get Kendra's attention. And I said, we've got to have these guys back on again. We've got to talk about this book, Love, Honor, and Virtue, Gaining or Regaining a Biblical Attitude Towards Sexuality, because this is in our wheelhouse. So, Hal and Melanie, why did you write this book? Well, I guess you got to go back a few years. We started speaking just on the topic of raising sons, and we had in this one kind of our keynote presentation, we had this one slide. We spent about three minutes talking about you know, boys develop sexually at a different timetable and they have different temptations than your daughters do. And we got such a response, basically disbelief. You know, people saying, no, I don't believe that, don't believe that. And we realized that there was a problem brewing. So we started talking more specifically at more length about the kind of things that young men these days are facing in their sexual development and their sexual temptations. And after a while, people started asking, do you have a resource you can recommend? Well, we started looking around at the books that we've all handed boys for the past 20 years to help them to fight sexual temptation, and we realized that all of them were written before smartphones. Oh, yeah. And smartphones have been a game changer. Mm. And they've been such a game changer that when we first started speaking about sexuality in boys, parents would say, oh, my 15, 16-year-old has found some stuff online. Now it's seven to nine-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Right. So by the time young men hit their teens, the vast majority of them are already enslaved to pornography. Right. Now, our nine-year-old yesterday, or a couple days ago, Kendra, Kendra makes, made this comment. She said, why is it I always get the great sex questions <laughs> when you're not around? Um, and not that we've ever, ever handled um, the discussions of sex and relationships split, you know, where Fletch does these and Kendra does these. I mean, we just tend to, we take them as they come and we jump in at a young age to, uh, to talk about sex and relationships and boys and girls and men and women. But our nine-year-old said, ask Kendra, what, what did he say? He said, hey mom, why is it bad to look at pictures of naked people? I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> let's have this conversation. Which, you know, kind of goes hand in hand, made us a, ri- I mean, the first thing we both thought is, has he been exposed to pictures of naked people? Yeah, so I went down that path, but here's the thing that I thought um, immediately, and I talked to him about, you know, but you are going to see this, because you're going to some, you know, you're going to be looking something up online, and we have filters and the whole nine yards, but there's a sidebar, and that sidebar has some tempting click-throughs often. And so I just spelled it out and said, you are going to see that. You're going to see it, um, you know, playing a game on mommy's phone, and, you know, somehow there's a, an ad click-through or whatever. And so I think, you know, the deal here and why we, that what you're saying resonates with us is that we, we can't ignore this. We can't pretend it doesn't exist, and we can't assume our kids just aren't going to be exposed to it. You know, we can't not only not assume it, but we've got to really guard against having this disconnection is what I'm saying, is that the parents think that their teen boys don't even know about sex. Yeah. Right. Meanwhile, the teen boys are watching group sex online. Right. Mm -hmm. And that disconnect is really, really dangerous because the young men are not getting the, the accountability they need. They're not getting the challenge they need. And they're not getting any help getting out of it. And since it's physically addictive, the likelihood that they're going to repent and get out of it on their own is very, very low. 
Right. Now, talk to us again about uh, the regaining a biblical attitude towards sexuality. Um, We have a lot of homeschool families out here who think they're, you know, like you said, they're doing it right. They're, uh, you know, they're the best thing that they need to do is go down in front of their kids and clean the highway. Uh, and they spend their whole time cleaning the highway. Um, we're going to clean this. We're going to purify this. We're going to purify this. And yet what you guys are saying is a, you're getting to the party too late and B, you're not able to clear everything anyway. So let's regain the attitude we need to have towards sexuality. When are you starting that? with uh, boys. When are you encouraging this in families? Well, you know, what we tell them is you start having the talk when they are in the bathtub and they're three years old. I mean, this is something, honest to goodness, your children are learning about the world from the time they open their eyes and they're going to ask questions because it's a big world and, hey, I've just discovered things and I don't know what it is and it's, if there's certain parts of my body that mama freaks out about, I'm going to stop asking questions. Huh. Or at least I'm going to stop asking my parents. I'll go ask Mr. Google, or I'll ask the Ooh. other kids in the school, or, you know, and, and, and that goes in the direction you do not want to go. So the goal is to, to give your kids a healthy attitude towards sexuality in biblical context. Yeah. In the context that sexuality is something good that God created for marriage, and it comes in the context of love and commitment and marriage and family life and childbearing. And we want to soak our children in the biblical context for sexuality that when the other stuff comes up, it feels wrong. Right. You know, they know something's wrong, they seek your help, and you've been so honest and open with them that they come to you. So (laughs) if, if I remember correctly, this is kind of what my parents said about counterfeiters. Look so hard at the real thing. That when the fake thing shows up, you can spot it a mile away. Exactly. Well, have you ever actually encountered a counterfeit bill? Right, yes. I mean, I did, and you immediately, it doesn't feel right. If there's something that doesn't look right about this. Yeah. Because just as grown-ups, we've handled so many $20 bills in our lives, we know what they feel like, even if we don't think about it. Right. And so that's, kind of, you know, that's, that's our goal, that's our intention about teaching our children about sexuality. I mean, we don't... We don't freeze up and, and tremble in fear when we speak to our children about God. Hmm. When we speak to our children about Jesus and about the gospel, well, you know what? That's because they are real, and it's crucially important that we talk about them. And our sexuality is the same thing. It's a tremendous, powerful gift that God has given us. But we've got to talk about it because there's so much misinformation. And so the book is recognizing that many, many families come to us and they say, okay, well... I blew that, what now? And the the book strives to give kids, kids meeting anybody younger than me, um, to give young men a healthy biblical context for sexuality. And so it talks about the way it's supposed to be. And then to describe how Satan tries to undermine and attack that and the temptations that they'll face in lives and to give them a toolkit for facing those temptations and dealing with them. The reason that we gave it that subtitle specifically is we realize that there's there's several audiences for this. It's written for the young men to read. And their reality is different than the perception of the parent who buys the book for them. Mm. So the idea that I'm going to give this 
book to my son, and I'm going to establish a, a biblical sexual ethic in my 16-year-old son, that's why the parent buys the book. The 16-year-old son is looking at it and saying to himself, that train left the station three years ago, and I'm a hopeless wreck. No, you're not a hopeless wreck, and that's what the book is supposed to establish as well. You can regain a biblical foundation, even if the one that you laid yourself has fallen to bits. And, and truth, truth to tell, many, many, many young men are going to feel that way. Their parents hand them something, and they're going to think, you know what, it's too late for me. Because they've been exposed, we're hearing about kids exposed in Sunday school, where another kid pulls a smartphone out of his pocket. Oh, gosh, yeah. They're exposed in their home school group. We've heard of kids being molested at Boy Scouts. You know, and it's so pervasive that we wanted to make sure the young men understood, you know what, there's a way out of this. There's a way to regain a biblical attitude. There's a way to be healed, to be restored, to be covered under the blood of Christ. Uh, exactly. We, our church is a church that reaches out, and I'm spe specifically saying the Fletcher's Church. We reach out to our community in ways that um, I just have not been a part of a church that does so. We have a, I don't know, would you call that a halfway house, Kendra, for teen boys? Yeah. And the, the house mom is a, a young 30-year-old woman who lives in this house. That's her, her employment. And she got permission to bring these boys to church, so now on every given Sunday we have Upwards of 20 young men, late teens, who've had no fathering. Uh, they've come maybe out of the juvenile uh, delinquency um, program, and yet we've welcomed them into the church, and we see these boys just plowed into their phones. And she is a house mom. She now confiscates phones as they come into church because, in fact, uh, during youth group or <laughs> during worship, these boys are in the back of the church looking at pornography. Because we have free wireless at our church, that's something we offer. Um, and, and so here's suddenly an issue that's cropped up out of outreach to people that you want to, you know, introduce to the church family. And so our solution as a church wasn't to uh, kick these boys out. It was to uh, approach the dads in the church and say, hey, maybe it's time for you to grab some of these young men and have them sit with your family. Okay insofar as they're not going to be looking at pornography. But here's a dad now standing up and saying, hey, come sit with us. This is our behavior in church. Um, not that it makes us more righteous, but that this behavior is just a commonly held behavior. We're not on our phones. We're not searching the Internet. We're engaged in the surface and worshiping as a family of God. And again, the, the answer was, let's bring these boys in. But the reality, uh, Melanie, like you just said, is, there's a there's a portal of entry there for your kids to suddenly see pornography in church. Are you kidding me? Smartphones have changed the game. It totally changed it. And in, in the Christian circles, we use the term purity, sexual purity, and I really don't even like that language. Yeah, we've, we've had to kind of, we've sort of rethought that because you realize that if you have something that's pure and then something makes it dirty, and in the mindset, you know, this was pure food and drugs, now this is contaminated food and drugs. You know, and so when we say, I have sexual purity, so I've fallen into sin, now I'm just simply impure. And we forget, the Bible says, like, look, God's cleansed, let no man call unclean. You know, that, that we can be cleansed from all of our sin. And we need to be careful to make sure that our kids understand that. 
the, you know, we, we issue all these warnings about sexuality, but the problem is, and those warnings are true. Mm-hmm. The warnings are true. The problem is we also need to make sure that our sons, particularly, but also our daughters, who are falling, nearly 100% of them, into some kind of sin with pornography on the internet. Yeah, this is not the unforgettable sin that you read about. I mean, this is something it's bad. Understand, it is a terrible thing, but it is not an unforgivable and unredeemable thing. Yeah. Right, right. Well, guys, I hate to cut us off here, but this time of this interview is what we had. I I wanted to go down so many more paths, but here's what I want to do. I want to send our listeners over directly. Uh, to this blog po- or this uh, podcast episode where you guys talked about um, these young adults and good relationships. I mean, that was such a great discussion you guys had. Um, so we're just going to link people directly there. Um, there's no reason for us to rehash it. You guys did such a good <laughs> job talking about it on your own. Um, I just, I love you guys and I love, you know, your, your input into the podcast world, into the homeschooling world, just into the, the family of God in general. So, um, I, I hate that we live on opposite sides of the coast, but that gives us all more reason to travel and meet at some fun venues halfway through the year. Well, you know, the last chapter of the book is about healthy guy-girl relationships. Mm-hmm. Well, that's and, then we need to get pe- this book into people's hands. I'm telling you guys, this is great stuff. This is the stuff we needed 10 years ago when our boys were on that end of relationships and, and stuff. So thank you so much for being on the homeschooling in real life podcast. Thanks for taking your time out with us this morning. Thank you. Tell your folks to head to love, honor, and virtue.com and they can find out about the book there. All right. This is all going to be in our show notes. Thanks so much guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks guys. All right. Hal and Melanie are my favorite people. That was super fun to do that conversation. (laughs) Love, honor, and virtue. Uh, Folks, you need to head over to lovehonorandvirtue.com. You need to pick up this book. Um, If you're looking for one book to add to your nightstand of reading, this new one is hot off the presses. It's great stuff. I mean, they're talking about the stuff that matters. They're in the trenches with us, raising kids, young adults. Um, And this is important stuff. This is not the homeschool baloney of decades ago. Yeah, and, and they're not this idealistic, like this is how it ideally would work. Do this behavior. If the if if earth were like heaven. Yeah. <laughs> earth is not like heaven. And you know, lest you think we are on the other end of this, we're not. We've still we're still raising kids. We're still in there in the trenches with you all. And I am reading this book. Yeah. Making Biblical Family Life Practical is the podcast. There's a lot of words there, but it it's exactly what they do. We're not abandoning the biblical life. We're just trying to make it practical for people in 2017 and beyond to be able to practice their faith and right. know, you know, what does this look like without a ton, a brickload of behavior-based junk. Mm-hmm. So you need to head over and check it out. Um, thanks, Helen Melanie, for being on the show again. Uh, Kendra. Kendra. <laughs>
Yes. If people want to reach us, homeschoolingirl.com. Everything is there. That's right. Everything is there, but we can you can see us every single day. We post multiple times on Facebook if you are there, facebook.com slash homeschoolingirl. Probably the easiest place to talk with us. You had a con- I I woke up the other morning. Tina, I know you're listening. <laughs> uh, this doesn't happen with everybody, so Tina, you should feel privileged that you got Kendra. <laughs> no, Tina just hit a hot button with okay, me and we so got to chat. Tina writes in on our Facebook or sends a message, which typically if you message us on Facebook, I'll give you a very polite, I will get to it. Yeah. Because <laughs> and we I, try. We, we try very we hard. We do our to best get to. to get to all your questions and answers and you know, our, our Patreon supporters, we I try and reach out to them. I just there's so much I I try and reach, let you guys know that we are real human beings here though. We have we do have eight kids and we have been through a crazy couple seasons here. But um, Tina, I wake up the next morning and Facebook says you have thirty five new messages. I'm like, <laughs> what? And That's I realized glitch. while I was sleeping, Kendra and Tina were just texting, they were messaging back and forth. <laughs> so, you know, when you, when you th- say, are these real people, will they respond? Sometimes we will, but a lot of times we won't. You know what we were talking about? I don't know. Gospel freedom. Oh, yeah. I did see that. You, the the that, thing that makes me passionate, the yeah. gospel and our freedom in Christ. So yeah. it was a oh, great conversation. bring up religion. You'll get me talking. <laughs> That's right. So, anyhow. I don't know what I was saying all that for. Oh, I was saying all that for because uh, it's just an easy way to reach us. Facebook is the place. Um, next week, Jimmy Lanley is going to be on. We're talking about um, homeschool moms who work, have to work, mm-hmm. choose to work. Right. Have to work and choose to work. There's Correct. two different things there. Yeah. Cottage industries, side hustles, full-time employment. Can you do that and be a homeschool mom? You're not going to want to miss this show. We will see you next week. You've been listening to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. Everything on this podcast was written and produced by Andy and Kendra Fletcher. For more information, or if you'd like to contact your hosts, please visit them on homeschoolingirl.com.